Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Now, ladies and gentlemen, here's DA. All right, and a happy Wednesday to you, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us. Coming up this hour on the show, Christopher Mintz Plus in 20 minutes. You best know him as McLovin. I like the hops. He's a big sports fan, big Boston sports fan. He was actually at TD Garden for the Heat and the Celtics. We'll talk to him about his fandom. He was also part briefly of the reality series on Fox, Stars on Mars, which premiered on Monday night. He was voted off on the first episode, but... He's been able to rub elbows with Richard Sherman, Ronda Rousey, Marshawn Lynch, and other celebs and former athletes. And so I want some stories from McLovin. Plus, our colleague here, Andrew Perloff, of course, who hosts Afternoons with Maggie on Maggie and Perloff, was known as McLovin in his previous iteration on the Dan Patrick Show where he was for a number of years before he came here to CBS Sports Radio. And we love having him here on the network, but he was known as McLovin there. So I want to talk to the actual McLovin about Perloff coming up here on the show in 20 minutes as well. In 40 minutes, DeMar Hamlin plays again and practices at OTAs yesterday. Amazing. But a little college sports here that I thought was interesting. I, Saw this story yesterday and wanted to talk about it. Brent Yormark is the commissioner of the Big 12. And from a football standpoint, they are losing Texas and Oklahoma, which is a huge, huge loss. They're losing them to the SEC, as we know. And when that happened... I had written the Big 12 off for dead. That we were already seeing a couple of years ago this consolidation to Super Leagues. 
You take the Texas and Oklahoma brands away from the Big 12, their history, their lineage, their Heisman trophies, their national championships. You place them in the already strong SEC. The rich get richer in the SEC and the Big 12. How are you going to replace that? They were already gasping for air and relevance. You take away their two biggest brands, and I thought, well, that's that. We'll see the rest of the Big Ten scramble to find some footing in other places, but what we know from them, they're the new Mountain West. And I was dead wrong. And I'm happy that I was dead wrong. And it's one of those reasons I don't mind being wrong. I think there's a lot of people in this space, opinionists, sports take artists, that hate to be wrong, refuse to be wrong, because it's a blow to the ego. And I just don't look at it that way at all. Of course we're all going to be wrong, especially in sports, because sports is beautifully unpredictable. If it was predictable, it would be really a lot less fun. And there are comeback stories in sports. There are, can you believe this in sports? There are, did, did you, do you believe what you just saw in sports? And that's the beauty of it. And so I don't mind being wrong at all. I wear it proudly. And a, a story like this is a great one. Because a conference that has had Heismans and national championships in both basketball and football didn't deserve to die. It was just the victim of this crazy circumstance where nobody is governing college football and it's every man for themselves. And we've just seen all of this kind of petty greed that has ruined it in some ways. And they survived. They grabbed four very good college football schools. They found a very good television contract. They stabilized, and I think the addition of Cincinnati and Houston and BYU and UCF, while not the legacy plays of Texas and Oklahoma, do give you interesting football content, give you interesting football brands, and most importantly, they found their television partner. And once you find your television partner, you can survive. You get the television money. That's what this is all about. We'd like to think that for, for us attending games, spending on tickets, your local corporate sponsorships, your donations, you cut a check to your favorite team, your athletic department, something like that goes a long way. And it's something, but it ain't the tens of millions of dollars every year that comes in from the passive money of of television they don't have to do anything to earn the money from tv they just got to play the game they would do that anyway and the television money is where the arms race comes in it's why you see brand new facilities every year and this weight room has plasma screens and this practice facility has a slide and this that and they're they're flying on luxury airliners and you know, the recruiting budgets are through the roof and you've got defensive coordinators making 1.5 million bucks a year and your staff is like 90 people deep. And it, that's that's how that happens. The television money keeps pumping through and that's why you can afford to buy out contracts of coaches you don't want for 30 million bucks and 40 million bucks because you're making so much money from TV that it gives you this this huge cushion. It's like imagine running your household and and you've got to balance your mortgage and your car payments and maybe a college tuition or two, education, 
and this, that, and the other thing. Maybe there's a vacation home in there. Maybe there's just vacation and some expenditures here, there, and your groceries, and you're balancing this all based on your salary. And then the bank comes in and says, you know what? We just really like your house. We just think it's a great house. And do you mind if people drive by your house on the way to work or they just look at your house? They don't even have to stop there. They're just going to watch it passively. And we're just going to pay you for that. And now suddenly you're like, oh, well, now we can add the addition on the house. Now we can take that vacation to Hawaii. Like that's what the TV money is. It just suddenly you're just given this boom of cash. You didn't do anything. So the Big 12 found that TV contract, and they were smart. They got ahead of the Pac-12, whose TV deal was also expiring, and they got in under the, the gun, and, and they've got a good deal now. So their football is solid. Their football's solid. It's not the SEC. It's not the Big 10, but you can make the argument it's the third most interesting. I mean, the ACC is really not that interesting. It's really not. The Pac-12 is garbaggio right now. So you can make the, the argument the Big 12 is even without Oklahoma and Texas, the third most interesting college football conference. So they're good there. But now your mark is trying to get aggressive from a basketball front, and he wants to make the basketball league even bigger and more successful. And what he wants to do is he wants to acquire more college basketball brands. Now, they've already got a pretty good college basketball brand going, because in recent years, they've had Kansas win a national championship. They've had Baylor win a national championship. Last year, they had multiple Big 12 schools that were very, very good, like the K-States of the world, et cetera. And they are now, honestly, one of the best college basketball conference with the ACC and TCU and Texas Tech as almost anybody even losing Texas and Oklahoma. So it's been pretty impressive. It used to be just Kansas and everybody else, but now they've, they've upped their ante, and Oklahoma State's always good. But now they want to add Gonzaga and UConn. Okay? Now these are schools without a football program or a legitimate football program. UConn's still trying to play football. Gonzaga doesn't bother. For Gonzaga, the question becomes, do you want to leave the safe nest of the the West Coast Conference, which you win every single year and you go 25-2 and two every season or 30-1 and one or whatever, and then go into the March Madness, do you really need the Big 12? And for UConn, who was without a home for a long time in the American, and they were just they were spinning their wheels, now they're in the Big East, would you leave the Big East? I think these are two different questions. For Gonzaga, they don't really need a bigger conference because they're getting one seeds in college basketball's March Madness. They are playing for college national championships. They're in the Final Four, the Elite Eight every single year. They're getting big-time big recruits like Chet Holmgren, et cetera, five-star blue chippers. So they don't need the Big 12. Where it could be useful is preparing them for the better programs in the Final Four and to win a national championship still elusive. It could help them there, but I don't think they need the Big 12 from a competitive standpoint. They could use the Big 12 
from a money standpoint, because there's no money in the West Coast Conference television deal. There'd be plenty of money here. So competitively, maybe slightly they need it. From a financial standpoint, it's a weird fit. Gonzaga, Oklahoma State, suddenly a conference game. But financially, it makes sense. For UConn, I don't think you touch what you got. I was at the Big East tournament in March. I watched in person at the Garden, UConn, Providence. The UConn fans are alive again. The UConn fans have a reason to exist again. When you're pretending like you're battling Houston in a rivalry game, but it doesn't really matter, and your road trips are to Orlando and Tampa, it, you're lost. You're, you're without a home. And they got back to the Big East. They said, let's punt on football, and it was the right move. And now they're energized again. They, they've, they've done it again, getting to a Final Four, a national championship, winning another national championship. They don't need to go to a new conference. The Big East has proven to be good enough to get to Final Fours and to win titles, and you're now back home amongst schools that are like you. And I think that's, to me, the biggest blind spot that conference refiguring and and realignment has missed. All of these ADs, all of these power brokers have only looked at the finances and said, okay, we make this many percentage points more of profit every year, and that's all that matters. And what they've done is they've helped kill your local connection to your school because you don't play schools like your schools anymore. Once upon a time, you you were in conferences because geographically it it just had to make sense from a travel standpoint. Mississippi and Mississippi State had to be in the same conference. Missouri and Kansas had to be in the same conference. North Carolina and Maryland had to be in the same conference. Now, all of these schools are just breaking apart to find cash, and to me, it's ruined your connection to your school. I mean, my, my school has been in the ACC for 10 years now. I think it's stupid. I think it's totally stupid. I get the cash grab. It's probably financially stabilized them to where they wouldn't have been before, but Syracuse playing Wake Forest as a rivalry game means nothing to me. It means nothing, and, it, and it's, it's made me care about their games a lot less, a lot less. I think Maryland fans would say the same thing about leaving the ACC. Do Maryland fans really care about playing Northwestern? Or would they die to play North Carolina and NC State and you know all of the schools they used to bat Duke that they used to really have wars against? It's does West does anybody in West Virginia care about playing TCU or Iowa State? Of course not. They don't care. Even Mizzou fans they like being the SEC, but it's not the same hate. It's not the same. It doesn't mean as much. Okay, yeah. They, they're in a better football conference, but when they played Kansas and Kansas State and Iowa State, th that meant something because you saw yourselves in your opponents. Those schools, those alumni bases. When Syracuse was in the Big East when I was going to school there, all of those schools were people that I went to school with. You go to high school, you grow up in the same town, and then they go to those other schools. Nobody that I grew up with in the Hudson Valley of New York State ever said, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go to Georgia Tech. It wasn't something that anybody did. Florida State, Georgia Tech. I mean, no, it didn't happen. So if I'm UConn, I'm staying put. 
And I'm saying uh, we found our home again. And I hope that more schools do what UConn did and say, let's forget what the the bottom line says, which was, okay, if we also compete in football and we get this bowl percentage and this many credits, we earn this. And start getting back to the essence of college basketball, which is you're going to make money everywhere. Everybody's making money. Yes, you want to be the stable conference, but find the place where you fit best. And I'm going to say this to USC and UCLA. I, I don't, I don't know if their fans are going to have the same attachment when they've got to pretend like Nebraska is a big game. When they've got to pretend like UCLA Rutgers is a big game. It's playing pretend. It's all playing pretend. Is it cool when you play Michigan? Yeah, when USC plays Michigan, when UCLA plays Ohio State, it's going to be cool. It doesn't happen that often. So now you, instead of playing Cal, instead of playing Oregon, instead of playing Washington and Arizona and schools that you see yourselves in, and you you know you go to work and there's a bunch of those alumni there and you 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 go to drop off your kid at at school and there's a bunch of alumni there from the other school and you see yourselves and your opponents now you've got to pretend that you've got something in common with Indiana, do you? No, and that's okay. It's good not to have it in common. It's fine. And now we've all got to play pretend. So. For Gonzaga, you know, again, it's the same thing. Do you need the Big 12? It'll be better financially, but you don't need them to win a national championship, I don't think. For UConn, no, I think it's a step backwards. When we come back here on the show, Christopher Mintz Plus, best known as Nickelodeon. From Superbad, he's going to join us next. DA, CBS Sports. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever. Or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law radio more laughs per capita than any other sports radio show. It's DA on CBS Sports Radio. Welcome back to CBS Sports Radio, everybody. Thanks so much for joining us. DA with you. And there's a brand new show called Stars on Mars. And joining us here from Stars on Mars is a big Hollywood star himself. He has 
had a, a ton a ton of star turns and uh, awesome roles uh, in Superbad and Kick-Ass and many others. Joining us this morning here on the show is Christopher Mintz-Ploss. Christopher, how you doing? I'm great, man. Sorry sorry to laugh. I always get, get so weird when people are like, you're a star. Stars on Mars. I'm like, I don't feel like a star. You know what I mean? It's just such an uncomfortable thing to think about yourself. But I'm, but I'm happy to be here. I'm going to power through that. And, uh, you know, thanks for having me. Yeah, my pleasure. So that's what Mars looks like, huh? There's a drum kit on Mars. There's a couple of framed <laughs> photos on Mars. I, I thought it would look a little bit more foreign. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I uh, I got sent back. I didn't, you know, maybe I didn't carry my weight out there. I'm I'm, I'm very frail. I'm not very strong. Um, <laughs> but no, I, you know, we went out. We went out to the middle of Australia in a place called Cooper PD, uh, which is a small opal mining town. And they built an incredible... Man, Fox put a lot of money into it. They put in, uh, built an incredible Mars set, and they threw me and Marshawn Lynch and Richard Sherman, Ronda Rousey, Lance Armstrong, and many others in there. And they said, "Go make a show." And it was beautifully chaotic. And uh, now we're all we're all back. How long does the flight out to the middle of the the tundra or the middle of of Earth on Australia take? Yes. Yeah, so we did we did L.A. to Brisbane, which was fifteen hours. Um, and then we did Brisbane to Adelaide, which was three hours. I ran into Marshawn Lynch and Richard Sherman at my hotel in Adelaide. We got acquainted with a little bit of Hennessy, which I learned that they love to drink. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was my first time drinking it and it will not be my last. It is quite delicious. Uh, and I got to hang with those dudes, which is really cool. And then we took a three hour flight on a small plane in the middle of nowhere to Cooper PD, uh, which is the mining town. And most of the hotels are underground. So we were staying in caves before we got to the set because it wow. got over 120 degrees or something there in summer. So everybody lives underground. Uh, and then we started the show. Let me tell you, you're a sports fan. This yeah. has to be the absolute coolest way to sample Hennessy for the first time. Probably like myself, the first time you tried beer was like in the middle of the woods, ducking from cops or at a house party, you know, with people that were underage. So the first time you try anything is never glorious or romantic. Yes. And yet your first Hennessy is with Richard Sherman and Marshawn Lynch. That must have been amazing. Yes. Well, I went through the beer phase like you did as well. The first time I drank beer, I definitely yacked when I was like 16 or something. So that was yeah. not glamorous. Uh, <laughs> but it was cool, man. I mean, like I saw them at the top of the the hotel bar and I, I knew that they were on the show. They were a big reason I went and did the show. I wanted to see the cast list. Um, you know, doing reality TV is a, a scary jump. For any actor, any person. Uh, and I saw them and I walked up to them and I was like, hey, I'm doing a show with you. And Marshawn just goes, no way. McLovin's on the show. Hell yeah. And I was like, <laughs> bro, that, that, that makes me feel so good. I'm like, you know, that he loves this movie that came out 16 years ago. And we took a seat and got to know each other. <laughs> I was like, she's drinking a Hennessy. <laughs> I, I got to try it. And I'm addicted. That's awesome. Christopher Mintz-Ploss joins us from Stars on Mars, as he just mentioned. McLovin from Superbad, and I'm wondering, that was your first role as a breakout role. It's 15 years ago. Do you mind when people just point at you and say, my God, it's McLovin? Well, I think that, you know, there's multiple kind of, it's not just black and white, like, oh, I love it or I dislike it, you know, because there's some people out there. Well, first off, the fact that people want to talk about it 16 years later is a blessing because there's a lot of movies that come out, get released, and then kind of get thrown to the wayside and people don't even want to discuss it anymore. So the fact that people do want to talk about it, I'm super grateful for. 
Um, but you know, there's a lot of people that are really, really sweet and they don't know my first name or whatever it is. I mean, I went to the Boston Garden a few weeks ago to watch the the Celtics play the uh, the Heat, RIP Celtics. And, you know, I walk in and there's like a whole section of 200 people that are like, Mick Lovin! And I was like, this could be a moment where I close up in my shell or I could be like, feel like a god for a second. <laughs> and raise my arms up and be like, yes, because, you know, it, it feels like it's a little higher than myself. Like they love that character so much. But then there are people that are can be aggressive and touch me, grab me, whatever, scream at me. And you're like, all right, you're not really treating me like a human being right now. So it can go either way. But, you know, overall, it's a blessing. That cast was outrageous, ultimately, in retrospect. We didn't know that when the film was made. But Michael Sarah, yourself, Jonah Hill, go on and on and on. Yep. Um, did you know when you're filming it, Dan, we got something special here? Or did you not really realize that until maybe the acclaim came and the and the super fandom of it? Yeah, well, well, for me specifically, it was my first movie ever, so I didn't know how it went. You know, I kind of was there. I right. definitely knew we were, we were making something. I mean, we were having a blast. Like the time was, the times were so good, so funny, and I knew that maybe it wasn't going to be like this always. But I went back to high school after I shot it, so I was like, "All right, see you later." Like this was a one-off thing. You know, my family, <laughs> my family's like, "You're going to school. You're going back to college. You're gonna do. You're gonna do the whole life. This isn't your life now." But I guess apparently Judd Apatow, when he was watching the dailies, he was kind of putting it together that it could be something special. Uh, and then it was released. And, you know, one day nobody knew who I was. And then literally it comes out on Friday and then Saturday at a Chipotle, like three people are screaming McLovin to me. And I'm like seven. Like, oh, this is this feels different. This feels this feels <laughs> I'll have guacamole on that. Is that extra? Yeah, yeah, I got you, McLovin. Yeah, no, I, I know that. Uh, and so sour cream, cheese. Uh, <laughs> so it's so interesting to hear you say that reality TV could be intimidating. I would think being on big sets, big Hollywood budgets, expectations, that's where the pressure is. And when you do reality TV, it's like, well, whatever happens, happens. Like you just happen to you, you get voted off the first episode. So why is there pressure there? So I think a lot of uh, a lot of the pressure from the show I put on myself because when you're on set making a movie, you know you're rolling for ten minutes and then you're not on camera for another thirty minutes, and you're you're hiding behind a character that you've worked on, and you're hiding behind dialogue that has been given to you, and you're collaborating to make this one piece of art great. Whereas when I'm out here, you know, in Australia slash Mars, I'm playing not playing, I am myself. 24-7, the cameras are running at all times, you go to bed at midnight, you take the microphone second, and that was very stressful to me because I wanted to, you know, like a couple of the producers were like, you're the funny guy, you're going to be the funny guy, you're the funny guy, and so like they put that pressure and I put my, I put that pressure on myself, I'm like, I gotta, gotta make good content, I gotta be good, like, how do I make this funny right now? And in reality, you just got to be yourself and you got to understand that in a day, I'm sure you feel this way, you know, for an hour, you're happy for the next hour. You might be a little tired then you might get a little bummed out Then you might get excited and you have to like live those emotions on camera at all times and you have to be okay with that. So it was, you know, it was tough getting the hang of being myself in front of a camera 24 seven. Chris, you know what helps out with that? Hennessy. It sure does, dude. Oh, I'll tell you one thing. We had Hennessy the first night we were there. They didn't put on a show, understandably. But 
And then we made some really good content. And then I went to bed at midnight and at like 4 a.m. I heard Richard Sherman and Ronda Rousey working out already at like 4 in the morning. And I was like, I think I'm still drunk. Like, oh, no. And so the next day I have like a Hennessy hangover walking around this space set being like, isn't it crazy we're here? Oh, like a sharp pain. I was like, I think I, I think I messed up drinking that first night. <laughs> You're a big Boston sports fan. You mentioned going to the Celtics game. Your dad is from New England and, and Massachusetts. So I just want to let you know, first guy voted off is okay. Sometimes the greatest contenders get bounced early like the Boston Bruins. You're just basically the Bruins this year. Regular season, number one record, and it just so happens that you got the early exit. Yeah, yeah, that one was really tough, man. I mean, I think everyone in Boston, everyone in Boston going in with the Bruins and the Celtics, I was like, the Garden is going to be a magical place yeah. next three months. I was like, clearly the Celtics are locked in. The Bruins are a shoo-in for the finals. It's the best regular season. Cut to like two weeks later, the Bruins are gone. We're struggling against the Hawks. I was like, oh, this doesn't feel right. But luckily, we, you know, the Celtics uh, pushed it to seven against the Heat, and it got the fans excited about something, and Tatum spraining his ankle in the first play. I'm not saying we would have won, but it would have been a different game if he didn't hurt himself. Who knows what would have happened? But, uh, you know, I, I feel good about the teams. You know, Joe Mazzula will get another year under his belt, get some good assistant coaches, and, and we'll run it back. Okay, so I had this quote from Paul Pierce the other day. He said he was asked about the wheelchair, the infamous wheelchair game, and people yep. have speculated why he was a wheelchair in the NBA Finals. He came back to play, obviously. Some people thought maybe he went in his pants. And the direct quote was, if you poop your pants, does it make sense to sit down and mush it into a wheelchair? And when you think about that rationale, he makes a lot of sense there. He makes it. He makes a lot of sense, uh, which means you and I have we are we are not crapping our pants right now because we are sitting down till we're golden. Uh, I love Pierce, dude. I met him 16 years ago, and then I saw him again for Game Five at the Garden the other day, and he's just he's a gem. I love that guy. It's got to be amazing when heroes of yours, athletes that you admire, people you grew up watching, et cetera, look at you and they high five you and they say McLovin and they know your movies. That's got to be an out of body experience because you let off this this interview saying, I don't feel like a star. And yet these are guys that I'm sure look at you like that. Yeah. I mean, and that goes to, to the question you asked, like, does it get annoying when people scream McLovin at me? And I'm like, well, I made a movie that Paul Pierce was excited to meet me. And I remember going right. to a game in 2008 and Kevin Garnett saw me in the crowd and like pointed at me and I was like, who else, you know, besides like, Brad Pitt and all these other people, I'm like, this, they, they love this movie so much and they love this character so much. It is surreal. And I met Robert Williams uh, a few months ago too and he was really excited to meet me. So it's a blessing. It's a blessing. Uh, did you love being with William Shatner? Did you see William Shatner? He's 92 years old, but he's yeah. part of Stars on Mars. Yeah, no, they were not flying him to Kuruperti. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> they were not having him do the 16-hour flight, three-hour flight, three-hour flight. He filmed all his stuff back in L.A. I see. But my dad was very excited that he was on the show, and he gave me a uh, William Shatner Star Trek glass that he had from, like, 1980 or something like nice. that. Sign. So I was really bummed I didn't get that signed for him. Oh man, that's a bummer. Uh, we have a, a host here on the on the network called Andrew Perloff. He was formerly of the Dan Patrick Show, and his nickname is McLovin. Dan Patrick yeah. calls him McLovin. Do you know Andrew at all? I've never met him, uh, but I've heard about McLovin on the Dan Patrick Show. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Is he a good he's, man? Does he's he, a good. Yeah, he's a McLovin badge. Well, 
He's a, he's a great dude. He wears the he wears it well. They nicknamed him that because of a slight resemblance, I guess, to you uh, on the Dan Patrick Show. Now he's on CBS Sports Radio with us, and we just call him Perlov. His last name Perlov. So maybe he's outgrown McLovin, but you know, certainly a lot of people know stoked? about that. Is he stoked to not be called McLovin now? Is he happy to have like a new like a rebirth at a new place? <laughs> a rebrand? Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. Probably, yeah, probably. Yeah. I, I think they tinkered with the idea of calling the show McLovin, but then the idea was, <laughs> no, why don't we give him his real name out of, oh, uh, sweet. you know, out That's of some sweet. respect. So I guess it, my guess is he's just like a white guy with glasses, right? And like brown hair. Cause I, That's I, exactly I know, right. I mean, like if you wore glasses right now, like you could be called McLovin. Yes, of course. You know how yes. many guys? Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Exactly like you. I'm like, you just got the glasses and you got the white. Yeah. <laughs> Stars on Mars is Monday nights on Fox, right? We just had the first one last night, and then the, the next one comes up every Monday after this? Yep, correct, correct. Okay, you're the first one off. Any advice to those that are left behind on quote-unquote Mars? Oh, man, get out as fast as you can. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. I, everyone is so... I was actually kind of bummed, man, that I left early. I felt like I was leaving my team, you know, kind of in the wake a little too early. I didn't give it my all. Um, and I didn't get to bond as tight as I'm in a group chat with everyone right now. And they just, they all love each other. And I was like, Oh, I, I don't, I kind of feel like on the outside cause I was only there for a couple of days. So I kind of was bummed to leave a little early. Um, but they're all entertaining as hell. So tune in and, and enjoy the show. Right on Monday nights on Fox is stars on Mars, eight o'clock to nine o'clock Eastern and Pacific. Christopher Mintz Plus joining us here on the show. Chris, man, this was great. Thank you so much. Sorry that you got voted off, but hopefully we can catch up again. Good luck to your Boston teams. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on, Damon. There you go. From Superbad, McLove and Christopher Mintz Plus. And Superbad, I remember seeing in the theater. It was one of, of a series of premieres when I was working in Kansas City. We had a sponsorship deal with one of the local theaters, and they would invite us to some of the premieres not with the actors there or anything like that, but just they fill the theater for the first night and they want to get some press for it. And so I saw it an opening night and I was kind of blown away by how funny it was. I remember thinking, my goodness, this is a throwback to the 80s teen movies. Now, it was much more crude than a lot of the 80s teen movies, but it still had that same essence. And when you look back at that cast, it was just ridiculous. Look at how it launched all of those stars Christopher Mintz Plas, Jonah Hill, Michael Sarah. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. And those, you still watch it, and it really holds up. It is still that good. And I just, I think that that crew, those three guys working together, it's hard, Seth Rogen's in that film, it's hard for everybody to really hit it out of the park. And all those guys did. Bill Hader's in that film. Emma Stone's a huge part of that film. It's just an incredible cast, and it still holds up, and it's just it's freaking hysterical. And how cool is is McLovin? Now, Andrew Bogus joins us here on the show. And Bogeyman, I guess I don't know the origin story of Perloff being nicknamed McLovin. Is it because of a resemblance, or is it something that I'm missing here? Uh, as far as I know, it's just because they look alike. That That's the story that I've But do that I've they known. really look alike? Um... Yeah. It's kind of what he was saying, that if you have glasses and brown hair, you kind of look like McLovin. Yeah, and I mean, and, and as a nerd myself, I can say that Perloff is kind of is kind of nerdy. The problem, I guess, is 
they're not the same age. So, like, Perloff is an older and has always been an older McLovin. Right. But I, I think it's just based on looks, yeah. I mean, when he's checking out with the beer and he's trying to convince the cashier that he, I drink this stuff all the time. <laughs> I love the hops. It's just so perfect because if you remember being 17, 18, what have you, and trying to buy beer for the first time or whatever, you are trying to be so cool. Mm -hmm. And instead of being silent and you think that everybody's watching you and that it's, you know, you, you look guilty, you try to make small talk. Inevitably, you make the wrong small talk and people look at you even weirder. I just thought that was so brilliant. <laughs> what are you talking about? I love the hops. It's like nobody... I would never go into a beer store and buy beer in my mid-40s and say, I love the hops. Yeah. And I've been drinking beer for 20-some-odd years. And I would never say that. But, you know, when you're 18 and you're trying to buy beer, that's something that you think they, they say. Yep, and I and I remember wait, waiting outside places to see if somebody older than 21 would buy it for you. Oh, totally. I remember offering to bring things to get entry into parties. Like, that's – everyone has done that. And when they go to the party and – Right, they put the beer into the dishwashing liquid container and yeah. they're carrying that around and it's sloshing all over the place. It's just, it's really a, a brilliant look at, at teenage culture. I feel like Pat Boyle would be a huge Superbad fan, correct? Absolutely. One of the greatest movies of all time. One of the greatest movies of all time, huh? For my go. Yeah, I mean, it's still hilarious. For it's my money, hilarious. absolutely. I remember, and I saw that for the first time. My my friend's dad made the mistake of taking us when it first came out, and we were in seventh grade, sixth grade. Okay. And about five minutes in, a you know, when they're in the convenience store and they get right to it, uh, he goes, "Oh man, what have I done?" <laughs> <laughs> Always awkward when you're with an adult with a really dirty movie, and you're you're pretty young. My dad brought me and my brother to see Major League when it was in the theaters, and I was. 10 maybe <laughs> and my brother was six or seven. Oh no for me at 10 you know i knew some of that stuff it's it's pretty sexual at times my brother <laughs> do we need a six-year-old jay amendo sitting through major league with my dad in the next seat <laughs> but he didn't care it was it was on recently without editing on cable and i just happened upon it and i had the thought like man is are my kids old enough yet at 12 and 9 to see this? I can't remember how bad it gets. And it's the scene, the end of spring training, where, they're, where they they fake cut Ricky Vaughn, and he freaks out on oh, yeah. the manager. I'm like, okay, <laughs> never mind. He's like, the next time I bleep and see you, I'm going to take this bleep and stick it up. I'm like, okay, never mind. So this is this is out still for 12 and 9. There is also a couple of scenes in there where they're in just towels in the locker room, and there's um male anatomy jokes i think right yeah it's just it's still too yeah, it's risque a little, for 12 it's a raw. yeah it's a little raw for 12 and 9 <laughs> certainly 9 what not, what about the, they're taking the owners clothes off piece by piece yeah. for right. every win yeah. yeah 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 i just love the idea of a what 12 year old pat boyle just like hooping and hollering in the theater oh dude Bad. this is awesome dog <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the moment. We said, you know, that's when did Sean change? Here's where Boyle changed. He was an altar boy, sang in the choir, saw no. super bad. Next thing you know, he's taking bets in the back alley and <laughs> winking at 18-year-old chicks. Yeah. No, that movie, weed, yeah. that movie did change. That movie did change my life. That That is one of the greatest movies of my lifetime. Change you your life. Wow. 
Man, oh man. It redefined like comedy. Yeah. I, I feel like because it, it's nonstop quoting, right? That was mm-hmm. a huge non-stop, thing that me right, and my catchphrases. Yeah. yeah, catchphrases, quoting it all the time, finding a way to weave it into every conversation, and then also just like the movies that came after that, the Seth Rogen movies. The movies of Michael Sarah. This is the end. That's another great movie. Yeah. It has like all of them. Yeah. It's and it's really funny to think of Marshawn Lynch, Richard Sherman, and Paul Pierce high fiving Christopher Mitch Plus. Being like, McLovin, I love Superman. <laughs> I love Superman. Chris tweets in, good morning, DA. Congratulations on the baby boy, and thank you for my new fantasy football team this year, smoking weed and spreading seed. Yeah. So it's already catching. There we go. Bogues is our headlines. And DA, speaking of AJ, uh, a gift for you, the new dad. The Seahawks announced yesterday they'll wear their blue and silver 90s throwback unis in week eight against the Browns. Uh, Now, Sean was mad on Monday that the right field fence at Dodger Stadium tricked Aaron Judge into running into the fence, injuring his right big toe. Judge is now headed for the IL, but manager Aaron Boom is optimistic. Look, anytime you lose Aaron Judge for any any amount of time and going on the IL, hopefully it's a short one. But you know, obviously that's you know you don't you don't like that. But you also you know hopefully avoided something real serious. It's a bruise and a ligament sprain. Nothing broken in that toe. And the Dodgers, by the way, now reinforcing that fence so another player can't crash through it. They're also adding padding to where Judge hit his foot. The Yankees also lost a game last night, 3-2 at home to the White Sox. Chicago had Lucas Giolito throw six no-hit innings. Then Liam Hendricks got his first save since returning from cancer treatment. The Rays blanked the Twins 7-zip. The Blue Jays down the Astros 5-1, and the Red Sox got a 5-4 win in Cleveland. But the O's lost in 10 in Milwaukee 4-3. Baseball's top prospect, Ellie De La Cruz, debuted last night. One hit, two walks, a run scored. And his Reds scored three in the ninth to steal a 9-8 win from the Dodgers. Arizona got a 10-5 win in Washington, breaking their tie with L.A. atop the NL West. Marlins second baseman Luis Arise hitting 4-0-1 after two hits and a 5-1 home win over the Royals. And the A's snapped their 15-game road skid 11-2 in If Oakland. I said Arise over-under, he hits 375. What would you take for the season? Uh, I'll take the under, but I was reading about this yesterday. I think what's what is really likely to happen, he'd be the first player since 1900, I believe, to win bat, the batting title back-to-back years different leagues. Wow. Because he won the AL batting title last year. Wow. Yeah. That's a very rare feat in general. Willie McGee once did it. He did it with the Cardinals, then did it with the A's, but he was traded to the A's midway through the season. I was say, I thought he I thought he won it still in the in the NL after being traded in the oh, AL. Oh, maybe that Like right. he had enough at bats to right. stay the NL batting champ, but he finished the year with a different team. I think that's what that's his exactly thing right. was. He was traded from the Cardinals to the A's at the deadline and he had enough at bats, I think you're right, to win the National League title. Yeah. Uh, The Heat are back at home after splitting in Denver, but no Tyler Hero for tonight's Game 3 of the NBA Finals. He remains out with that broken hand suffered in their very first playoff game against the Bucs. And some tennis for Patty Boyle, 14-seeded Beatrice Hadaj Maya, upsetting number 7 Ange Jabour in three sets to reach the French Open semifinals this morning. Right now, Coco Goff and top-seeded Iga Svantec just began. Now that deep into their opening set of their quarterfinal. Dave, well, back to you. Mraz always says he wants babies to be named Beatrice. 
and yes. he wants those older names. That's the first young Beatrice that I've heard of. And she's from Brazil, so maybe they're doing it in Brazil, just yeah. not here. Maybe Sean's got to move. <laughs> yeah, where they speak Egyptian. Exactly. When we come back here on the show, is Damar Hamlin going to play in the NFL again? DA, CBS Sports Radio. Appreciate you being with us. You can watch the show on YouTube every single day. The show is broadcast on our YouTube channel at CBS Sports Radio and archived there as well. So if you want to check out the show after it airs, you can go back and watch every single morning. It's available on YouTube and on Twitch as well. You can also watch it at watchda.com on any mobile device. We are everywhere. Damar Hamlin was on the practice field yesterday. Now, there was no contact at OTAs. There wasn't tackling or anything like that. But DeMar Hamlin back on the OTAs practice field. And they've got plans for him to play. And I just think this is the most, one of the most incredible comeback stories ever in sports. If you take yourself back, to him lying on the ground and the medical team hushed around him and the players crying on the sideline and the broadcasters wondering if the game can be played and us going to bed that Monday night wondering if he was going to make it through the night, whether he was even still alive when he got into that ambulance... To fast forward five months later, six months later, to him practicing with the Bills is just mind-blowing. I mean, if you would have asked me in that moment, okay, DeMar Hamlin's going to survive, but do you think he'll ever play football again? I would have been like, is that even a question? Of course not. Of course he'll never play football again. That's not even a hypothetical. This is just about survival, and if he survives, God bless. If he can live a normal life, God bless. If he just has his complete motor functions, God bless. Let alone playing contact sports, let alone playing in the NFL ever again. But it it looks like that he's going to make a full recovery and play football again for the Bills. Now, I... I can't speak to the legal liabilities of things like this and insurance policies and what that means in terms of when he actually does play with contact and if he does play in an NFL game, if the NFL has to protect itself against something happening again. But, I mean, just the joy that I have that DeMar Hamlin can be back on the field and resume his career... That night, I honestly was just saying, just let him survive. Just let him survive. Now, in June, that was December. In June, he's playing football? My hat's off to that young man. What an incredible story. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. 
Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 